Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our master. A production of CosmicReality.com. And welcome to Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It's April 12th, 2022. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva, Dolly Howard, and Nicholas D. And Dolly, she just got here at the last second. Dolly, are you okay? <laughs> what? <laughs> you, oh. Well, I, I was watching a Dolph Lundgren movie. Then I realized what time it was, and then I couldn't get my computer. Computer to cooperate, and, but I'm here now. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, yes, Walt, how are you? Uh, this is the second show that Walt and I have done today. It's been, the first show was pretty awesome. <laughs> Did you like that show? I shouldn't ask Dolly. She never likes what I ask her. Did you <laughs> listen? Oh, I know you were in the, at the Shungite show. Did you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you enjoy that show? Well, uh, mostly, yeah. <laughs> but I felt you were so ungrounded. <laughs> <laughs> I was ungrounded. <laughs> so that's when I finally texted you, you really need to ground. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt bad because you were feeling ungrounded, so that was messing with my vibes. So I had to shut my vibes off to you. And <laughs> But I enjoyed the show. Yeah, blame me, huh? My vibes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Walt, did you have fun on the show? Walt? Sorry, I was muted because uh, you t you told everyone to mute. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was but, good to hear uh, uh, Jasmine's uh, activities uh, yes, on, on, on the show. Mm -hmm. Yasmine. Kasmin. Yes. Yasmin. Oh, you're saying it in English? Yes. Well, no, it's Spanish. Casmin. We we, we said we we, we he speaks Spanish. Don't tell him that, but he's he's got Spanish, <laughs> you know. So we just oh, we just okay. we do the we do the English. Okay. <laughs> and we get it wrong, at least in Nancy's part. <laughs> 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 oh my God. So, um, why, why were you, what, what did you say about Yasmin? <laughs> what, what, I got so into, hello, hello, hello? Earth, Earth to Wall. I don't know who, you, who you're asking. I'm asking I you. Know, I don't, you, oh. her, her discussion of what, 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 what you said. No, it was interesting, the, uh, the, her experiences, because she participated in that metaphysical show, and, uh, it was interesting to know how, the, the comment that I made is, is that, uh, uh, that Shungite hasn't cornered the market yet because even though it's a metaphysical and mineral show and everything, uh, few people had heard of Shungite at all. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, so it, it hasn't cornered the, mar the market yet. That did surprise me. <clears throat> it surprised me also that more, you know, she said few people, she, she gave a speech on 
uh, shungite and a lot of people but they just love the water <laughs> so but anyway she's going to be on say what on uh, with Bob on Saturday and we'll talk to her a little bit more about that too um, okay but the big thing oh Nick Nick is here <laughs> oh I'm sorry I apologize I apologize yes yeah, say hello to everybody good hey good evening feeling better Nancy am I feeling better I feel great. Yeah, last show you weren't feeling too well. Oh yeah, the last show. Yeah, the last show. I, yeah, I was, I was kind of out of it. Thank you for coming in and saving my, my, my show. No <laughs> I had problem. I had Jan and Walt on. Dolly was there too, and um, I'm like, okay, guys, talk, and they're like, oh, uh, uh, you know. So finally, I brought Nick in. I said, Nick's always got something to say, <laughs> and he did. It's always fun to talk with you guys, and I got a chance to to chat with uh, Jen. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. fun. Yeah. Okay, so this morning, on this this morning show, Walt explained something that just that makes everything crystal clear. Because we, I keep saying, but what what's happening is insane. Nothing about what's happening is sane. It's it's absolutely nuts. I just was look, listening to uh, The Five, and they were talking about some black politician, and I kind of thought it might be Senator Scott, although I didn't hear who they were talking about. Apparently was couldn't even, went to Buffalo University to give some kind of a speech, and because he's a Republican, a black Republican, and the only one in Congress, uh, the Senate for, I, I don't, yeah, I think he's still the only one, so I have to think it's Scott. Um, and they, they wouldn't, they, they had a riot. <laughs> they wouldn't let him speak. Freedom of speech, gone in the United States. Um, Walt was just saying, well, tell him about Janine and tell him the problems you had. Because, Nick, as he was saying that, it reminded me of what you had said before about the phones and how if you're look, looking at your phone and you go on some kind of an alternative site that they, the powers that, that were... Um, don't like, then they send more negative energy through your phone at you. And explain exactly what happened when you tried to listen to the Janine thing. And see if I, I'm doing this because other if 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 you went there and you tried to get on that, and you know, well, you might have inadvertently got a tag on you that says, "Don't let him look at anything on on Facebook, uh, YouTube." We don't know what all this is about, but it's just, can you explain what happened? Uh, yeah, um, I, I, logged, I logged in uh, uh, earlier as, as I sat down to have some lunch, and I noticed that she posted um, something new where she's doing, uh, she's checking on information, and the title of it is uh, about Fauci, so she's, uh, according to her intro, she said, I heard that Fauci was rounded up, so he's no longer around. Uh, she's, she was going to ask the cards that. And also she brought up the subject of, uh, uh, Nick knows what I'm talking about because Nick is the one who sent me the link to um, Janine's channel on Telegram, where, there, where people she shared in Telegram, the photo that she got sent, um, it's 
a friend of a friend, uh, or it's like a, a friend of one of our listeners, have sent a photo of the Pope in uh, the Vatican on, on Easter Sunday. He's uh, sitting in that vehicle that he gets paraded around, but he's, he's just he's standing there wearing an all white suit, looks like an ice cream vendor, uh, and the suit, it looks so square on him. She says he, all he needed were pinstripes on the suit, and then he would look like a mobster. And she insists that that's not the uh, original Pope. And I don't have a photographic memory to remember even what he looked like, but uh, I, I don't disagree. I mean, uh, Dali tells us so often how, how, oh, that person's a copy. Oh, that one's a clone. Oh, that one's an imitator. So I guess it's part of the part of the of the show and while she's while she's talking uh I, first off I, I watch you the youtube channel in the roku device not the computer so i'm watching what she's saying and then the screen goes black and text appears to the uh, right uh, side that says trouble connecting to the internet and the only give you one option is says a refresh connection, something like that. And it doesn't, that button doesn't respond to anything because the screen remains black. So I unplugged the Roku device, plugged it back in, you know, forcing it a, a cold, uh, cold boot. Everything came back normal. I go back, try it again. Same thing. Uh, within the first minute of watching the video, same thing happens. So. After I uh, rebooted the the Roku a third time, I uh, I tried playing uh, like uh, I like watching like for example the 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 animal videos or cat videos or, or car uh, dog videos on you know the funny things that they do and while I'm watching that same thing so okay so I booted it one more time but this time instead of going to YouTube I decided to go into Amazon. Uh, but I, I use the unpaid uh, the unpaid service, so I, I have to watch uh, commercials with the episodes of things, and that an entire episode from a Canadian comedy show called uh, Corner Gas played, and nothing, I'm not a, it never stopped playing. Everything played normally, so I don't know whether YouTube itself was being affected. Or just specifically Janine, because I don't see why watching cat videos would cut off the service. And it wasn't a message like, "Oh, you're forbidden from watching this content," or "This content is forbidden." No, it's just the the message. It looked like a Roku message that it had trouble connecting to the internet, but there was no trouble connecting to the internet. Uh, I my my computer was on, and I came to check it, and everything was functioning a a okay. So I don't know. If it was just or like uh, I, my mom was reminding me how Utsava disappeared all of a sudden. So maybe not, she says maybe now they're targeting Janine. I don't know. Maybe maybe the posse could tell us, but it depends. It all depends on whether the sheriff wants to ask them or not. <laughs> you know what you're describing, Walt, sounds like shadow banning. Oh, and you know some some invisible thing that is hard to prove unless uh, you have access to their algorithms 
Um, I've been having trouble as well on YouTube. Um, you know, often you have comments in the comment section. It says uh, maybe, uh, you know, click to see five replies or five comments. I click on it. And even though it says five, I see only two comments or one. I don't see the whole the, 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 the whole thread. So some stuff seems to be hidden. And I'm wondering if it's a shadow banning. And since the dark ones are a bit overwhelmed, it's probably all over the place. You know, there's no method to it. They just try to shadow oh, ban they are, they are so as much as they can. They are so wonderfully creative when it comes to coming up with with uh, strategies and technique. Oh, they're so creative and so original. Oh, I'm just so proud of them. Not. <laughs> Seems like a shadow banning going on. Well, I'm noticing that I'm having problems with YouTube. The the Cosmic Reality Radio Station, Cosmic Reality YouTube group. Um, I go to post something and it goes around and around and around. I, could, I, I mean, it's just like nuisance headaches with trying to work with Facebook to the point that you don't even want to anymore. And a lot of the people that I used to have his friends on Facebook, they're all on Telegram. Well, you know, the last two that I, I got a hold of that I, they were, I met them on Facebook. Um, they were both on Telegram that they had gotten so frustrated with it. Everything that they would post would be, you know, taken down and, you know, and, but, but um, who knows? But we know, we know what the what the reasoning is behind all this. Why this is this craziness, this insanity is happening? Because today, Walt pointed out something that probably all of us know, and that's that if you inbreed, you're going to get retarded people. Okay, so you got this family or families that you know they say there's five families that 150 of them 150 men are the ones who are actually in control of everything they own 80 percent of all the industry in the world in the world all right these figures came out some i forget what country did a survey of going back and taking oh here's here's a business let's see who owns this business oh this person owns it but that's a group who owns the group what's this group about and you go back and you go back and you go back and finally you find out that all these things are being owned and controlled by 150 men i forget what the i've talked about this but you know it was it was probably a decade ago uh david wilcock as a matter of fact i think was the one that uh that broke that yeah, in his tyranny, his financial tyranny series, he went back and 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 he he was working off of the the report. I I don't believe I've ever saw the report, but this was what he was working with. And he says, "Look at this, you know." And 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 again, just recently, one of the know-it-all doctors. I mean, and I'm saying know-it-all, not the not the doctors that you know try to convince people to take vaccinations. The other guys, us guys, the ones we listen to. And they were confirming it. Lee Merritt, Dr. Lee Merritt. She was confirming that, too. Um, so anyway, so. Walt, will you explain what do you, do you remember what how you explained 
the retardation of the people that are in charge? Well, no, the, the subject that we were discussing, uh, because we kind of straight straight from the subject. Uh, I mean, we were talking about Shanghai and then we went on uh, and spoke about the things that I had found out in shamanic journeys about Shanghai because um, the different things were discovered and uh, that's why we said toward the end of that I remember saying that we don't think of Shanghai as a, as, a, as just a mineral as a stone as a rock uh, that's you know that that's one of the things that you found out about uh, Russian people that they look at it and they think oh this is just dirt and I said well we no longer we haven't thought like that in a very long time because we've experienced and discovered so many things about it and then uh the subject um went on 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 along the lines of the things that they lie about and how they make things um make things in such a way that you avoid things that which are actually good for you and uh part of the whole conspiracy and we went on to because we we went from that subject of the shanghai set and we spoke about how it's not natural emf that's bad for you it's man-made emf that's bad for you because they purposely uh corrupted the the teaching on on electricity so that you the fields are counter clock rotation fields they rotate counterclockwise which is which is bad for you which is opposite to natural emf fields like sunlight where the they 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 spin clockwise so we were talking about that uh you know how they keep corrupting everything that is and I said, well, look at look at the subject of, uh, for example, uh, they said to people to, oh, you have to avoid taking copper because copper is 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 toxic and you can get copper poisoning. And uh, this gentleman, who's I don't know how he's not blocked because he's got his group in Facebook. His name is Jason Hummel, and I was told about him through another contact of Nancy, the gentleman who's a pilot, Lee Borsaka. Uh, the the group is called Healing with Minerals, and the 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 main crux, the, the main mineral in the group is copper, and how critical it is for all life functions. And and Libor gave me that because uh, I agreed with something that he said, and that's why he linked me with that group uh, because I I was saying. Uh, I, I said to him what uh, Alex Collier said, that the or the original human hemoglobin is based on copper, not based on iron. And uh, Alex Collier is the one who explained how in very, very ancient times, uh, it's even beyond recorded history, there was such tremendous atomic wars here that it actually affected the human genome. genome and that's why there are the different uh, races, like uh, the, the red race and yellow race, uh, black race. You know, the, it turns out that the Caucasian or white race is the weakest of them all. <laughs> and the the thing is, like, for, that's why the, um, uh, for example, the Rothschilds, they think they're so superior and so much better than every anyone because their hemoglobin is literally based on copper. 
not on iron. So they see themselves as above humanity. Oh, they were, we're special. We were the original ones. And and that's why when I when I said that, I, I mentioned to Nancy, you know, the, these people are, are so uh, organically speaking, they're like kind of corrupt because, uh, I mean, they're they're so inbred. They only breathe among themselves. And I said to Nancy, well, have you looked at like a medieval history? When you look at the characters uh, in medieval, uh, you know, all the all the blue bloods, as they call themselves, uh, you had one king was like was was batshit crazy. I mean, they had to keep him tied to a chair. Remember that the film was made based on him. He had porphyria, and you uh, you have uh, hemophilia for another affliction of the blue bloods. And you have, for example, in 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 history, for uh, take the, remember the um, the historical elements around the story of uh, Joan of Arc, where uh, she was fighting. I, I forget who she was fighting. She was fighting for the, the Dauphin. I think it was his name. He he was the he, the one he he was the she was fighting in in, in his favor. Um, he was the king was, of France. They were fighting Britain. Ah, that's it. And uh, he wasn't too bright there. It's like he uh, it was a he was a picnic. He was a sandwich short of a picnic. <laughs> and and I said, well, it stands to reason that they would be so intellectually uh, compromised because there's so much inbreathing. In fact, when you think about it, there, there's so much inbreathing that they do the, the females do need to breathe with the uh, servants and other characters if they're going to have any strength in their blood because otherwise they just keep getting weaker and weaker and dumber and dumber and uh, I guess we ended up talking about the subject that explains why they are so uh, limited when it comes to creativity and originality every, if, every, if things are not written down in some instructional book you know how to kill people or you know how to you know how to do all the atrocities that they do so it has to be written down somewhere for them because they don't have an an, an idea how to um do anything out of all originally i mean look look at even these plans for example their their level of ignorance is such that they never even bothered to think that ascension was a fact of life it was just an annoyance that they had to deal with, but like they're like 20 years behind the curve because they were planning to all these things that were li were living now one on top of the other, which it's it's almost like a, a circus of insanity. It's because they're they're doing everything at once. They're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at once because people are waking up so fast. And they don't know what they, they nobody wrote in the book or what to do what if humanity wakes up in a rush uh i, I don't know let's ask somebody you know, it's it's absolute madness and <laughs> I, well have you guys seen like how many times have i heard you laugh because your your comments like when you're these politicians they say and do the craziest things i mean and you say how is this person in politics this person couldn't even pass a preschool test uh, or, a, or a math test. You know, how is this person doing? Well, now we know they have all the money in the world. I mean, and that's, that's, I guess that's the uh, saving grace. Oh, they have all the money in the world. They can do what they want. I don't, I don't know. But they're mad hatters. 
<laughs> bunch of a well, bunch of people who whose blood has been, you know, so corrupted with their own genetics that they're insane. They're retarded. They're not. They're not human anymore. You know, they may have the some of the genetics of humanity, but they're all screwed up. Why? Because they wanted to be special. They wanted to keep their blood pure. They wanted to be the special people. Well, now you're special. It reminds me of the Romans. You know, it was the Roman nobility that was drinking the wine. The rest of the people, you know, they couldn't afford this great wine that they were drinking. But they were making the the, the wine in vats that were made of iron. So they all went stark raving mad. That's what took down the <clears throat> Republic of the... Uh, and, and don't forget lead. Lead was part of their. I diet. mean, it was lead. I said iron. I meant lead. It was the lead. The lead coated the uh, the vats that they were were making the wine in. So they lost the the entire. They had they had a massive. You know, the civil civilization was under Roman control, and it self destructed from the top because they were drinking wine and getting iron poisoning. Makes you go crazy before you die. I mean, that's that's just history. So, you know, it's the same sort of situation. So, yes, the the inmates have escaped the asylum and they're now, you know, trying to control everything. And, and they have. As insane as it is, they have. <laughs> Except that now we're all waking up and going like, no, we're not going to do this anymore. But, it, it you know, it may not be some evil, demonic thing that's out there trying to control us. It's a bunch of crazy people. They're crazy. <laughs> I, to me, this was like, oh, oh, now I get it. Because you keep trying to make them to be, you know, just people that are kind of misled or something. Or evil, you know. No, maybe they're just crazy. You know, if we just go up to them and say, look it, we know you're crazy. Come with us. We're going to put you in a lovely place. <laughs> you know, you'll have all the things that you want and need, you know, but you're going to be all in this nice place. We won't call it a prison. We'll just tell them this is this is a, the best place in the world to live <laughs> and hope hope they're that crazy that they'll believe it. Nick, you wanted to say something. Yeah, um, I was thinking that maybe it's by design. You know, you get these disconnected, almost empty vessels with no intuition, no reasoning, or, you know, they all they need is the playbook to tell them what to do. I was thinking maybe it's by design so that they could be um, possessed by something. And that's, that's, I, that's, that's the way it is originally, because uh, if you look at the, the work of um, uh, David Icke, he, uh, in one of... Uh, one of his books, uh, somebody lent me one of his books, and, and he explains uh, in, in the book, the, um, the reptilian, when a reptilian uh, possesses a person, they don't actually possess the, the person. The human body continues to function like no, I mean, no, nobody's bothering him, but, but the, uh, the reptilian is actually uh, at the etheric level is plugged into the first and second chakra, the, the root chakra and the sacral chakra, because that's the only, that's as, as high as their uh, their level of consciousness. It, you can't ask an, a reptilian to log on to or, or plug on to the heart chakra now. They, they, their level of awareness and um, consciousness doesn't go up that high. 
But that's the way, that's exactly what they do. It's like somebody riding on an elephant. The elephant is still free to move its legs and go here and there, but there is somebody, you know, sitting on top of the elephant telling it which way to go. And I, I saw that in the book. And then later on, I think it was a year later when I went to uh, one of uh, Dr. Costa's uh, 15, 15 uh, step workshops. And even nobody mentioned that book or nobody said David Icke by name, but uh, he, Dr. Costa already knew about uh, th uh, these people that are controlled by, uh, by uh, a reptilian that controls them. He said, and he, somebody brought up a name of somebody that uh, for some reason, it seems that some the same number of folks or people that know each other attend these these uh, seminars and somebody brought up the name of this fellow and they hadn't seen him uh, and they asked Dr. Costa and he says he says, oh, I says no you won't be seeing him not not if I'm not I'm not if I'm going to be present for that particular seminar uh, because he's a he's a good guy he's a fine fellow but the entity that's controlling him doesn't doesn't like me in the in the least. So the uh, if if he shows up, he's gonna you know he's gonna run for the hills. So he already knew about these dark entities, you know, controlling people like a like a horse and baggy buggy situation. And there you have it. It's not a human so, doing it to a, another human. It's actually a non-human doing it to a human because the representative humans are like kind of idiots. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they just Supposedly. do what they're told, like a retarded elephant. Do yeah. what you're. Um, okay. Questions. Just go so ahead. Do it. Have you ever met anybody that you thought could be possessed by a reptilian? Who are you asking? You. Oh, me? No. Thank God, no. Okay, now let's I, ask Dolly. Let's I, ask, have, oh. I have a little story about something oh. uh, related to that. Um, I, in my notes here, I have, um, I had taken notes a couple of weeks ago when I was listening to a uh, Chronicles uh, show from September 15, 2015. And you folks might remember, it's the show about Archons and Simon Parks. We're talking about entities controlling our thoughts. And I, several years ago, I can't remember exactly when, um, I can't remember where I was, what I was doing, but I remember clearly having this sudden moment of awareness of an entity trying to control my thoughts and it's like i felt i felt the entity how it thinks how it feels and it was a very narrow-minded one-track mind kind of uh thinking it was really weird it was something i had never felt before and it was um almost like robotic like a robotic entity and I felt it was there just for a few seconds. It was really clear moment. Um, it's it's like the universe was showing me the existence of these um, these entities. And yeah, I felt I, I felt that the uh, this entity was there in the background trying to uh, influence my thoughts. 
So from that point on, I realized that, okay, you have these negative entities trying to interfere with you uh, at another level, like in the unseen world. And what you just talked about, uh, Walt, just reminded me of that uh, that show and, and my story of, of feeling the uh, the presence of that entity. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's interesting. Um, Dolly, what do you think about this subject? I'm afraid to ask. Dolly. Well, I thought for a long time. I mean, even when I was way younger, these assholes keep inbreeding. How do they expect people to take them seriously? But what amazed me was how people in England, they just go bonkers over worshipping their uh, supposed royalty peoples who are big idiots uh, because of inbreeding. So I've thought that for a long time. Um, and I'm glad they're gone now. Uh, but... I think going on from here on, I hope that people will realize that the inbreeding just doesn't work. They create morons, and and they have to lock some of them away. And so, yeah, I I've thought that for years. Who's who's the um... The first son uh, that's supposed to be king. What, what's his name? Charles's first son. What the hell is his oh, name? Oh, that's oh. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, there. it's not Harry. It's William. William, thank you. When I was going through the grocery store, there was one of those magazines. I'm not even sure which one it was, and I really wished I had picked it up and at least looked at it. You know, but it was a picture of him, and the and the caption on it said, "What what." Why William said that he's it's William, it, it says, William, why I will not be king. He supposedly isn't telling them that I will not be king in this <laughs> magazine. I'm not even sure. What, but it was one of those things I noticed. And because I'm not really interested, except we're having this conversation, I just kind of dismissed it. But, yeah, it, it was well, one of the magazines. Maybe it's because his that double realizes they aren't going to put a double in charge maybe they've learned from uh the biden gang uh, it doesn't it doesn't help putting someone in in the public eye in charge because they don't get it uh like the not the good, not the white hats. I'm not talking about the white hats. They seem to have their act together. It's the freaking idiots that they can't figure out how to do things right. And what they do turns out to be a fiasco. So I, I believe he won't be made king because uh, I don't think they can control the doubles anymore well, I don't think the king has really any power <clears throat> no I don't either I don't think 
No, I don't either. And, and you know that guy that's the head of it that looks like Trump only looks weird, weirder, weirder. Oh, uh, <laughs> what's his Boris, name? Boris, Boris Johnson. Yes, Boris. Boris okay. He, now, this I was like, am I hearing this right? He went to Kiev. He, he was went in to what? Kiev. Oh, Ukraine. He went. <clears throat> he went to a city that's under attack supposedly by the Russians. Well, see how stupid they are. They can't even perpetrate the fiasco that, or the farce that but they walking, invent. He was walking down the street. Well, I it believe. wasn't like he was in a building. They were walking, and he was with the Zelensky. Zelensky, yeah. The Russian. I mean, the Ukrainian president. You well, know, Boris isn't really Boris anymore. You know that. So uh, it's it's absolute. It's gone completely bizarre because they didn't have their. They don't have the smarts. They just have money and and power for a little bit longer. Well. They don't even have power anymore. Um, but it's just, it's a farce. That's why I don't get excited about the news anymore. It's, it's all pretend. It, it, that's my opinion. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking Nancy, that um, maybe they've been scammed, these... Um, these royals, you know, they've been conned in thinking that, oh, you have to protect the blood, the bloodline. Um, so that's what they're doing at all costs. They're protecting their bloodline by inbreathing. But the end result is, is the disconnection that they seem to have, which might open the door for the entities and maybe the AI, maybe the uh, artificial intelligence as something uh, almost... Uh, imminent uh, happening you know the, since the technology is moving forward maybe the ai is going to come in and take over these uh, disconnected folks you know maybe they've been scammed that well it's... the the fact that walt said that they had copper instead of um iron in their blood hemoglobin um that because there's been it come up comes up pretty regularly that the these royal people, you know, the royal bloodline thing, that they weren't susceptible to COVID or whatever it was that they were doing. You know, I still don't believe. Well, in that's that. that's another what do you call it? That's another attribute of of uh, copper. Copper is an antibacterial. Ah, it's tremendous, okay. tremendous power. I mean, that's that's why that's why I said uh, in the show earlier today uh, that. Um, I have experienced that. I have seen people have that complaint uh, that people that uh, get shocks, electrical shocks, every time they they go to open an uh, an, an appliance or handling clothing or getting into the car or getting out of the car, they're constantly being shocked. And it turns out that copper deficient people have that issue because without copper in the body, the body can't hold the charge. Those people that uh, started taking uh, the uh, the copper regularly, 
uh, the problem goes away because their their body is able to hold on to the charge. So being able to hold on to an energy to me it sounds like something really important. You want that in your body. You want that energy in your body. And and there you know you know that's one another problem of copper deficiency. And it, it, for example, this gen, the gentleman who wrote the book, uh, Jason Hommel. Uh, they think that it's something wrong when if uh, if they do a blood test and they say, oh, your percentage of copper is high. You have copper toxicity in your blood. No, what happens is when the body needs to do certain functions, it, it brings out the copper. Like, for example, he says, if you do a, a blood test on a pregnant woman, chances are the blood test will read that the percentage of copper in her blood is 100%. Because the, the her body needs to support the, the buildup of the baby's body. So it has to have a tremendous amount of, of copper. So he says, yes, you do see a high percentage because the body needs it. Once, once the body has done what needs to be done, the, the percentage goes down. And then you need the copper like for, to build uh, the, 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 uh, the red blood cells. Uh, it, the list it goes on and on and all the benefits of like the the problem that my mother has retaining water in her legs well like guess guess what now that she's taking the copper her legs are deflating normally without taking any crazy any medicine or anything so that that just goes to show how deficient she was so and, and they purposely kept that from the people people are those that do know anything about copper know the wrong things they say oh it's a oh it's a poison it's a toxic you you have a copper toxicity. No, <laughs> it's you're being told the wrong information on purpose. Like anything else, you know, you're being lied about stuff. And and Yasmin, she pointed out that for in India they use copper utensils to drink out of. Yep. And eat off of. And there's never been a copper toxicity in the Indian people. So there you go. Why? Why mm -hmm. do they? Because somebody got into one of the and was from India. It was actually made in India, and I thought, wow, that's really you know that's really interesting. So I get it, and I'm drinking the water out of it, and I'm going like, maybe I should find out if there's a toxicity to copper. And sure enough, oh my God, I could kill myself if I keep drinking water out of this. So um, yeah, they they absolutely scare them. I should have known that if they were against it, it's the thing I should be taking. <laughs> <laughs> Made that fundamental error. I, I've read somewhere a while ago that um, you can, I think it's in India as well, that, that you can uh, energize water by letting it settle in a copper jar. Any yeah, comments, no. Walt, on that? Yeah. I, I haven't done it, but I know that it's true. What's that, what's the that, phenomenon? Uh, well, because like like uh, like I explained to the Nancy regarding um, organ, for example, is that that's uh, and that, that wasn't discovered. That was discovered by Wilhelm Reich. Is that all metals have organ polarity? Me, whether if it's if it's shaped into a wire. The one end of the wire will be positive, the other end will be negative. If it's shaped into a plate, uh, one face will be positive, the other face will be negative. It, it is in the nature of metal to attract and repel organ. 
So therefore, by its very nature, copper will will hold a charge and actually charge the water that is that's sitting in it. So it's being charged with organ, but it also would be the copper itself would leach into the water, Nick. I mean, that with something that merits um, uh, saying is that of all the substances that exist that attract and store organ, the number one is water. Uh, if you if you get a chance to look, there's a I, I know I sold it years ago. Uh, there's an Australian uh, investigator. His name is Trevor James Constable. He he's the one who photographed all the silts in the atmosphere. He's the one who uh, f was able to photograph all these um, phenomena by using um, ultraviolet filters on the camera. And uh, one of the things that he, he documented in his book is that water is the number one storage medium for organ itself. And he, uh, he one of the things in, in one chapter of his book, the book is called The Cosmic Pulse of Life. In one of the chapters, he documents uh, a, a UFO event that happened somewhere in Louisiana, I think. Uh, I don't know, but it was here in the in the states. Um, somebody was able to observe uh, an, a UFO that was skimming the surface of a lake. It was floating like maybe f four feet or five feet from the surface of the water. But the, the thing that the, the, the attracted the, the people that were watching this is the water underneath the UFO actually had like little spikes as if some invisible force was pulling water. Like a, imagine a, a vacuum cleaner that was trying to, it's pulling the water, but it's not drawing any water. It's just something is pulling the water up. And uh, he argues in the, in the chapter that the uh, that UFO was recharging itself. It was being recharged with the organ, because all his all his investigation and all his experiments show that that's that was the number one source of energy that these things were using, organ. So he says that that's why the thing was hovering over the surface of the lake because it was charging itself. There so, was a movie that I watched, oh, I don't know when, it's been a long time now, that uh, the aliens were coming here for our water, and uh, it got to be a big thing because they were depleting the earth of its water. So there you go with when people say, well, they have to tell us what they're going to do. <clears throat> Maybe that movie was telling us. Well, you know, There's remember programming. That, that there, there was a, um, back in the 60s, I don't even remember exactly when, they had that huge out, uh, outage of uh, the electric grid in New England and I think New York was affected by it. All the, what happened was that in Buffalo there was a power surge on the where they start this whole system, and it went down the line. And as it would get to each transformer, it would blow the transformer. 
And I remember it clearly because I was standing in the, uh, we just had dinner, and I was standing there while watching my mother wash dishes for some reason. And all of a sudden, it was like the lights dimmed real, like really fast, but dimmed, didn't go off, but really fast, they dimmed. And I, I was like, did I just see that, you know? And I said to my mother, did you just see the lights? And all of a sudden, boom, gone, electricity gone for days, week, something. It was terrible. Um, but later on, I found out that they had, had seen a UFO over the power plant at the time that this happened. So everybody in the UFO industry kind of thought, well, it must have been draining electromagnetic energy from the plant, but maybe it was pulling out the, it was a turbine plant, it wasn't nuclear or anything. Maybe it was pulling out the uh, energy from the water. Mm. Maybe there was a, uh, you know, an excess of organ because the, not only are you, you know, attracting the organ into that with all the machinery and stuff, but you're also turning the water, the water is turning around and very, you know, it's going down into the system and stuff, but there's a lot of force of it. Maybe somehow or another they were after the organ. Instead well, of that's, the, that's the, you're describing the work of Victor Schoberger, the Austrian scientist who spoke about uh, implosion and how the and how the quality of the water change. I mean, that's one of the things that uh, people that work on those uh, water traps, uh, because uh, Schoberger was able to uh, determine in his work that when you uh, create a, what do you call it, a, a centrifugal, like a vortex, where a funnel lets go down and the water is rotating at high speed, he found that the water that moves centripetally, meaning from the outside in, he called it, I don't know where he came up with these terms, but he calls that water oxygens, oxygenous, and the other one, the one, the one that moves away from the center, he calls it carbonus, and it's like dead water. It's, it has no energy. It's like it's like drinking a glass of sand because it's like a rock. And he found that this oxygenous water, he he called it living water. And true, it does behave like living water. I know because I built one of those uh, one of those water traps, and it. First off, the the water doesn't feel like water. It feels like oily, like a very light oil. Uh, it whatever container you you got it in, it doesn't matter if it's plastic. It doesn't matter if it's glass. It actually clings to the edges, to the edge of the water. Um, you can drink a whole gallon of water in a sit in a single sitting, and your stomach feels empty. It's like it's mostly energy, and it just goes straight into your body. Where when you drink dead water, that's why a lot of people hate taking drinking tap water because it's it's so dead after so many hours of of traveling in all the conduits. Uh, people complain, oh, I drink a glass of water, it feels like I have a rock in my stomach. Well, because you do, it's actually dead. There's no energy in it. That and and Schober found that uh, like his his. Uh, his uh, water turbines, he was able to generate tremendous amounts of energy just by having the water flow in a specific way. Uh, if the water would flow in the turbine, not 
uh, linearly, but it, it actually flowed like a like a spiral, and it it uh, that's why he 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 spoke about a centris, uh, implosion. Implosive forces were constructive; they were not destructive, and it has tremendous amount of energy. Well, I mean, when we take the the three nuggets, we're essentially creating structured water or live. I say it's alive because the very power of the shungite will take the water and begin to turn it. You're you're, mm -hmm. you're putting that implosive energy into it, you know, and so it starts turning and it's alive. That's why when Yasmin was at that fair that she went to and she was giving out Shungite water, that's why people felt so energetic around it, that they, you know, not, it will clear out the it taste, it'll taste amazing, but one of the telltale signs that this was happening to me was in, when I was in the shower, I realized that the water had that sl slick slickness in it not mm -hmm. like yeah like you're talking because it was a milder turn it's not you know being really really turned it's being turned to make it alive but not to be you know moving a lot and it, it, it it's it's like a softer water and i i thought why would you what's the difference between a hard water and a soft water because up in massachusetts they have very hard water i'm very familiar with it why down here when I'm the water's coming from a limestone, the limestone underneath the state and channel it, it, it dug out like it's like a river comes down from Georgia, dug out the, the limestone and you got the aquifer that we drink out of what and that's a very high alkaline uh, source of water. I think it's the uh, I, I, you know, they came to Florida and they talked about the fountain of youth. I think it was the water in in, in the aquifer. You know, and that the Indians knew that if you were if you dug the well deep enough, you would get into this amazing water of being alive. And, you know, whereas if you were just drinking the water that was throughout the area on top of the soil, it was, you know, not really good water. So I think that the water from the aquifer is actually the and why do old people come down here and live forever? <laughs> because they're drinking this amazing alkaline water. But when you're when you're looking at the, the the water and you're you're feeling it, it's softer. It has a it just feels softer. Is the only word I could figure out. To, you know, you got the hard water. Why did they call it hard? Because it's got the minerals in it. But the softer water. And when even though I was used to that water, <clears throat> when I put the shungite on the water pipes, I was like, oh my God, this has changed. You know, I can feel it. I can feel it in the in the shower. So, well, have you have you ever been to, uh, uh, for example, I, I I've been I was there for for business because I had to go there with my boss. But uh, when I went to Las Vegas, the water in the hotel it's it's so hard, it's so dead. You taking a shower and and it's like showering yourself with sand it doesn't feel like any there's nothing wet actually touching you and you're like what is this because it's it's so hard and it's so dead it has no energy whatsoever uh, it's like taking a shower with sand i guess that's that's what the way birds feel when they're when when they took a when they take a dirt bath 
it must feel like a Las Vegas water. And I th- and I said I thought to myself, wow, and people live and they have to drink and use this. Ooh. Well, they they do the salted oh, what? salted water. I forgot how, what you call it. It softens yeah. the water. They oh, the, you mean the the water softeners? Yeah, they yeah, use them here yeah. In, in, yeah, here in Minnesota, there are towns where the water comes from uh, underground. It's uh, and the water is very hard, so they have to use water softeners. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Nancy was saying about how the water is soft and silky. Mm. That's what Mister Turtle does in the pool. He makes the water. Mm. Soft and silky. Mm. Now, what would happen if we would combine um, a copper container with um, shungite nuggets, water, and um, infuse energies in the water, like what uh, Dr. Um, uh, Masaru Emoto discovered in his work, that you can infuse a certain quality of energy uh, to the water, depending on your emotions that you project to it, you know what? What if we uh, combine all these things together? What what could we get? The the copper container, the shungite, and the good intentions well, projected in the water. Don't forget the uh, don't forget last but not least the shape. That's what uh, um, Victor Schauberger found. The shape of where you keep the water is critical. As he said he said that the very best shape to keep it in would be like like egg, like a chicken egg, uh, because the water doesn't like being stagnant. So when you put water in a in a shape contain shape uh, like an egg shaped container, it's constantly rotating, constantly. It's always moving, always rotating. So that if you want to keep the water energized and alive, you'll have it in a in a egg shaped container. And that's why there are there are places on the internet you can buy it that they are made of a uh, 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 what do you call it? They're um, earthenware. Stance. No, they're earthenware. They're made of uh, earthenware. They're they're made of uh, clay. They're like clay pots, and they're all shaped like an egg. And it's true. It doesn't matter if the water is there a day or a month. It doesn't feel stagnant at all. You drink it and it feels perfectly fresh. And and oh, and it um because the uh, the clay pot kind of uh, very 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 slowly uh, it sweats. It doesn't sweat enough to generate drops, but it's always cooler than the ambient. Uh, it, the water is always fresh. It always feels cool. Is it because so, of the so, energy flowing? And because of the shape, because it's, it's like an egg. Yeah, the, the shape enhances the uh, or supports the uh, energy mm-hmm. movements. Yep, yep. Okay, and it affects the temperature. That's interesting. I had never heard about the uh, the shape. That's another interesting uh, uh, aspect to the, the, the water thing. Mm-hmm. Wow, thanks for that info. That's That's great. Okay, so let's take a break here. We're at the top of the hour. And, um, oh, I'm just going to play Waltz 432 Awakening. It's four minutes. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It's April 12th, 2022. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva. 
Dolly Howard and Nicholas D. And this station is um, supported by Mystical Wares. And you can find links to, um, it's not going to, you know, you go over to Mystical Wares and there's so much there. I mean, everything, you know, on the website. Never mind the fact that they've actually got a building that you can walk into and look at. And it's up in uh, Washington State. You can get the address at the bottom of the of the page if you are going to Washington. It might be a place you want to hang out for a bit. Um, but the, the, he, Derek Condit and the, and the people over there, they're the ones that pay for the, the radio station. So <clears throat> we've got this link up now. And the when you click on it, it goes to my recommendations for Shanghai because we talk about Shanghai all the time. And it was like Yasmin found out when she got to that fair of minerals and rocks that people did still don't know about it, <clears throat> especially up in that area where Derek is just down, you know, well, actually she's in California. <laughs> I forget that. I, I put her in Washington cause they're, you know, it's all in that area. <laughs> but, um, so, you can you can go there and you can find my recommendations. I don't spend the time explaining why, but my recommendations as to what you need to get Shungite in your environment so that everybody in your environment is becoming balanced because that's what Shungite does. And we, you know, I've written a book on it, Shungite Reality. You can just put this in your home and you're going to, all the people are going to get better. And so, you know, look at that. But if you've already got all the Shungite you need, then there is a donation button there. Um, we're doing it mostly because we feel that sometimes people just need to put a little energy into anything. And you don't have to do much, you know, do what's comfortable for you. But you put a little energy into it. And the more energy that more people put into something, the more it's the second rule of cosmic reality. You know, the first rule, reality is what you think it is. But the second rule is how much energy do people put into a specific reality? And in this case, the reality is the radio station. And um, none of us get paid. It, you know, we're all here doing it for the love of humanity and the love of Shungite and the love of being able to talk. <laughs> we like talking. Uh, so anyway, we're back. Anybody got an idea? Oh, I don't know. Walt, can you explain the 432 uh, situation? Because there's, you know, some people out there might not really understand that 432 and what that all means. Well, 432 is the the note La in the fourth octave is 432 hertz. That is the, the solfeggio notes uh, because there is a natural pitch. So la in the fourth octave is equal to 432 hertz. And natural pitch is what uh, he, true music, healing music is. Because when, you, when you're listening to music that's tuned to 440 hertz, or Argentina it's even worse, 445, uh, is actually, it's very jarring to your nervous system. Because it, it, it overexcites your nervous system, but then it leaves you drained. It's like going to a rock concert and you come out like you can't even stand. You just want to <laughs> you want to take take it easy because you're like drawn because that's that's exactly that's what uh, again welcome Ray. That's what he found regarding organ and uh, EMF EM, uh, EM, EMF fields, man-made EMF. 
is that in the presence of EMF, Oregon becomes overexcited, it, it expands, but then once that excitement wears, once that potential is, is used up, then it becomes dead and stagnant. And that's when you get door. Uh, that's why in a, when you're in a field of a stagnant Oregon, which is what you would have in a in a traditional office environment with a fluorescent lights and CRTs, uh, you feel your mouth gets very dry or your nostrils feels a burning sensation, your eyes burn. Uh, some depending on the person, their uh, joints hurt because you're in a field of dead organ. And that's 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 a normal, natural, healthy organ. It's always pulsing. It's always moving, like water. That's that, that's why the the two are so closely connected. That's why water is the number one storage medium for organ. In, in fact, uh, in one of the videos of um, uh, what what is this Dan Winter, who who does uh, videos about energy and different things. Uh, he talks about an experiment that's done. He, he gave the name of the laboratory where they did it. They made an egg-shaped container, uh, and inside they purposely, they rotated the container so that the water would begin rotating faster and faster. And once it reached a, a specific number of uh, RPMs, it became luminous. It, it, was giving, it was giving away light. From the center out, it it became luminous. So, uh, if Joseph Cater were to look at that, he would he would say that it's this integration of soft electrons because soft electrons are made up of photons, and when when they begin to disintegrate, they begin to release the photons, and that would that's why they're luminous. But I don't know if Edgar Winter knows the work of Joseph Cater. Um, well, what so does this have to do with sound in four three two? Oh, because it's all connected. <laughs> Sorry, I straight. Let from me the let me give you my take on it, uh, Nancy. Um, being a musician, I'm familiar with the uh, the tuning uh, standard, which is four four hundred and forty hertz. That A note that Walt was talking about. Um, the at one point, someone decided that the standard of tuning for instruments was the A note on 440 hertz. And apparently it came from uh, one of the Nazi engineers there engineering their system. And they found that the 440 hertz uh, frequency was really detrimental or it was kind of, um, well, what Walt was describing when you go to rock concert and you feel weird after there's some energetic negative thing happening. And a few years ago, I read about the 432 tuning, 432 hertz, that same A note, but tuned just a slightly lower. And that uh, it would match um, the nature's resonant frequencies. And I've seen videos, Walt, you probably saw those videos of, of people experimenting with a, a thin metal plate mounted on a speaker where they put sand and then they uh, play different frequencies uh, in the speaker and then the sand vibrates on the metal plate and you see the shape of the um, of the frequencies and at 432 you get these beautiful shapes but at 440 when they scan the 440 thing you get these weird shapes of of 
It reminds me of, of uh, Dr. Remoto's uh, experiment with water. When you had water that was infused with positive energy, you'd have these beautiful shapes. And when you, you'd look at the water that was infused with uh, negative uh, energy, and you would get these weird shapes, nothing harmonious. So the 432, um, when I read about it a few years ago, I made the experiment. I've listened to some stuff that was in 440 and then to 432. And I felt at 432 hertz, I felt that the music in my body, there's some kind of connection or resonance that I felt that I, I did not feel with the music tuned to 440 hertz. So right there, I knew, okay, this there's truth to it because I, I felt it. And that's the whole thing behind the, uh, the thinking behind the 432 hertz is to resonate into it's more like a natural nature's uh, resonant frequencies you are amplifying these frequencies and if they resonate in your body you naturally uh, resonate sympathetically because it's natural it's part of you the 440 it's the opposite it creates chaos and and, and nothing harmonious so yeah that's why 432 is getting more and more popular um, hence the music that Walt uh, played, the, uh, the 432 Hertz uh, song. Well, he took that, took an original and then put it into the 432 tuning. Don't yeah, ask there's me. Uh, these little apps out there that, that they tune the music down a little bit. It's a few hundred cents of, of a semitone uh, lower and you get yep. it to 432. 1.818% that you're doing that there. Thank you. That gives you. Now, now <laughs> my understanding is that the 432 was what was originally the tuning. It was when the Nazis were taken over that they put the 440 in it. It was under Goebel. Um, but you're right. It probably was some engineer that figured that one out. Well, here's an interesting fact. Uh, apparently, um, natives that used to sing uh, without any pitch reference, you know, whenever they sang, whatever they felt, <clears throat> uh, apparently, it was always close to 432 hertz. You know, they were doing something natural, intuitive, and they would sing the notes that would resonate in their body, and apparently it's all around 432. It's not around 440. So there's this natural vibration uh, in 432. <clears throat> So you people out there that do like to listen to music, investigate this and find out who's using the 432 tuning and, you know, enhance your music experience. Yeah, so if, you can, if you can make the test of listening to a, a piece of music that's been that's in 440 and also put in 432, listen to it and see if you feel the difference, not just listening to it, but feeling the difference. If you feel the music resonating in your body, in your in your being compared to 440, which feels like something outside of you, it's that's how I experienced it. So, and I've read that a lot of people had that experience. So, yeah, I encourage, if you're curious, uh, to, to try to do this experiment. Well, you know, <clears throat> there's um, one of the Ancient Aliens episodes deals with sound. And they've gone to different megalithic structures. Like, particularly these kind of... Uh, they're man-made and, and you've got a chamber in it, but there's nobody buried in it. And when they test it out, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was 110 hertz. 
that the sound would being you know it, it the tune the, the the tuning in that particular space is 110 and when they did the 110 and did looking at the brain and what happens 110 is where you get a little bit meditative and maybe out of body type of thing so the ancients knew about this sound effect which it also explains why you've got all these things that kind of look like they could be crips that aren't they were really doing it for sound so I'm doing a Shungite show. Oh, this was probably five years ago, maybe more. And there was a very, very lovely. I just really loved her energy and her storytelling. Uh, or I'm not going to. The name is kind of floating around. Maybe I'll catch it. Um, and she has near her house in Massachusetts one of these chambers. So. She and a friend of hers, when they were like, you know, young adults type of things, well, probably a little older than that because she was starting to understand a little bit more about metaphysics and things. But they decide that they're going to go inside this chamber and they're going because you you had to crawl through this opening and you had to almost crawl. You had to slunt, you know, depending on how tall you were. But inside it was, you know, a, a, a an area that maybe 12 people could be in comfortably. And so the two of them get in there and she's, she's telling the story and it was just like, oh my goodness. And so they decide that they're going to um, do like a chant, like a, a, a tone, you know, just the tonal type of stuff. And so they do. And the sound that came back caused such vibration in them that she said, we started screaming and ran out of there as fast as we could because it was so overpowering. So, you know, again, it's one of those, I mean, every time we look, we see how they have mucked with with what we should be in to make us, you know, more subservient to them. The retards again, <laughs> you know, for control. I mean, seriously, boys and girls, do you wake up every morning and say, oh, my God, I've got to control something? Has your life been based on getting jobs and positions and control over people? I don't know many people at all that are like that. That's not natural to begin with. But these people, that's what they want to do. The whole point is control. And they got more money than they'd ever need in a thousand lifetimes. It's not money. It's not greed. It's control. That's not even rational. Why is anybody paying attention to these people? Oh, because they got all, all the money, but it's only phony money anyway. So it, it it's a really peculiar world we live in. No wonder ETs don't want to land; they just keep circling the planet. Are they ever gonna get it together? Oh Lord! So speaking of these chambers, uh, Nancy, that you spoke about, um, I'm thinking that probably the um, the proportions of the room amplify like e any room has a certain uh, size that will amplify a wavelength that fits that uh, the the length of the room or there's all these acoustic rules so certain frequencies can be depending on the size of the room can be amplified so i guess they must have mm -hmm. zeroed in on on uh, the size of the room needed to amplify certain frequencies that are beneficial to, to that energizes you and 
it's not just the um, shape of the room. It, I mean, you know, the, the basic size of the room. It's the shape. And what they find a lot of times is that in the roof structure, there's these w weird angles of rocks that seem to stick out. Like, why are you sticking out like that? You know, and dimensions within the room itself. So it's not the size. It's more like the structure of it. Well, it seems like the same thing with the egg-shaped uh, water container. Uh, yeah, well, you know, sound is a... And, of course, we've heard from, when it, well, ever since I've been doing this stuff, that you do have, that maybe some of this megalithic uh, structures that don't seem to be any way that, or, you know, you have to use a thousand people to do it. You know, maybe it was done by sound, and there's a lot of reasons for thinking that. Um, so it's it's conceivable that they knew about sound in ways that has been hidden from us because it's a very powerful uh, force in nature. Well, you and uh, did you see that? I don't know if they they published they. I don't I don't remember now where the group, but uh, um, the people that went to Tibet. This was the this was it happened in the 40s, I think. These guys went to, uh, to Tibet and there was a group of monks working on on uh, repairing some some structure on the mountain, but they were levitating the rocks, but uh, they were using sound. They would set up the rock in a place and the the, the orchestra, whatever the, the instruments were set up like a funnel. They're all, all pointing to a single point. So, so if you were looking, if you were standing behind and, to the, and above the orchestra, it would be like a fan shape, but pointed to this particular point. And all of a sudden, the rock would begin to wobble and it would levitate very slowly up to the, uh, to the, um, uh, it's like, it's, it was like an outcropping of rock. And then the, there would be two monks there, and they would grab it and, and roll it away. And then and, and they would and, and that's how they would move the rocks up the mountain. So, Doctor Sala had a, a guest recently that spoke exactly about that. The uh, how they built the pyramids with uh, sound, moving the the stones, cutting them, and moving them in place, using a technology that is unknown to the population. Oh, you mean they didn't use animals and little slaves <laughs> yeah, and imagine uh, imagine, imagine pushing he said uh, that uh, apparently the story goes that uh, they they were using slaves to push these yeah. like very heavy rocks on logs in the sand yeah and we're talking stones of many tons so I mean, so each slave was had, made the, sense. had the power of superman each slave was a, a superman <laughs> and the, they could have easily over over overcome their masters considering their, their physical capacity uh it's it's amazing the explanations that they come up with well i i ha have to kind of like let you know that they have figured out and i can't remember the whole story but that they had a canal so the canal would go from the nile river up to where they built the the, the giza um plateau and that's how they got the rocks to Giza because they've been able to show the, um, what do you call it, the quarry that they were taking the rocks out of. 
and there's some kind of a diary or like a ship's log. I think it was a ship's log that they found from this time. And so they went back and they, they did. They found rocks that were, were the same size as the pyramid type of thing. And they actually had a like a number on them. And they could find in the re- – this is, this is what I'm recalling. And they could find in the re- records, you know, a similar numbers. And that's how they knew, oh – Okay, so they're taking them from this area, getting them on a barge that goes down the Nile. Then the the boat goes up this canal thing, and that's how they get 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 it off of there, closer to where they were building versus taking across the desert. So that. But then the barges were the size of, of the Titanic, because the, 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 some of these rocks are so heavy. There is no bar, barge anywhere that will haul these things above water. Actually, they went through and they did a test with the size of the rocks that they found in that quarry. I, I, I'm mm. just giving you an update on the newest, oh. well, not the, maybe not the newest, but another version of them trying to, the explanation that they're, they're, they, they're always, they will change their explanation when people get smart enough to say that doesn't make any sense. Well, explain this. Let me see. Maybe they did a show about it. Um I remember seeing a, doc, um, a talk, like a talk show. It was like science talk show that, that used to be done in Argentina um, in the early 80s. Uh, the host was a man who, who was a, he was a journalist and he was known because he published a magazine called Beyond the Fourth Dimension. And he, he um, was a kind of a, the, you know, these people that research UFO phenomena so he did this television show where he, he had guests and they would discuss this in different subjects. That's how I found out about the uh, the um, Ark uh, of the Covenant that was on the top of Mount Masada. So in one particular show, he interviewed two men who were engineers. One one was an engineer, the other one was an, arch- an, uh, an archaeologist, and they discussed the mysteries of the uh, of the pyramid of the Great Pyramid. And one of the things that the the man that the the man the engineer one explained, which nobody can explain to this day, is he says the rocks, for example, they were not cemented or glued together. All their their testing, because they did laboratory testing, all their testing shows the rocks were compressed together. And we did an analysis of how much, because we took samples of that particular granite. That was, we took samples into the laboratory of that very same type of granite to figure out, okay, how much pressure do you need to bring these two pieces together, to get them, you know, fused together without any cement. And we needed a crazy amount, something, uh, something like, 5,000 atmospheres or something. It was a crazy amount of pressure to bring these two pieces on each piece was like the size of a coin. That's the amount of pressure that we needed to bring the two records, the, the two pieces of granite to fuse together, just like they are in the Great Pyramid. The, the pieces are fused together. There is no cement. There's no gluing. There is no space between the rocks because they are fused together. So what kind of equipment is needed to fuse together blocks of, of granite that are the size of a house? 
I, I get it. I know there are different sizes, but on on a given, there are g tremendous boulders. What what kind of equipment do you have that can produce that amount of pressure for that size rock? And he says there is no explanation. I'm not not that I know of. He says and that's, this is what I do for a living. <laughs> There's also the precision uh, of the uh, the construction itself. I, I've read mm -hmm. somewhere that. I think when the satellites came out and they started uh, scanning the pyramids, they found out that the precision with which it was built was just out of this world for the technology they apparently had at the time when they built it. Yeah, and even uh, I remember reading a book years ago about the... Um, uh, it. I don't remember the title in English because the, the book was it was published in Spanish. It was a uh, something about the uh, the mysteries of the uh, pyramid, and in the first few chapters are more historical than anything else because they 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 kind of talk about the pyramid and uh, in historical con in a, they put the pyramid in a historical context, and he and one of the things that the author says is that you know how uh, Egyptian history they break it into epochs like you have the the old kingdom and then you have the new kingdom and there's so much time between each kingdoms he says when you look at the when you you would ask a, a, a citizen of egypt somebody who was alive during the uh, the new kingdom so and and you ask them about the 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 pyramid no no it was somebody yeah somebody from the old kingdom and you ask them about the pyramid, you know, who built it and why is it there or something, they they look at you and they would they would shake their head. I mean, the people of the old kingdom were just as ignorant as to who made them and how as present man. They didn't know who made them. That's so it shows that the pyramids are actually way, way older than the the recorded Egyptian history. They don't know. In fact, the only place where you can find some useful information about it. It's in the book of uh, Elizabeth Hayes, who, who uh, wrote the book Initiation, where uh, she was actually able to recover the memories uh, that she was the daughter of a pharaoh in the time when Amenhotep was the uh, the high priest. And she spoke, of, like for example, the, the pyramid was used for the weather control. I mean, they were able to regulate. That's why they, in in modern days they can't explain why there are these shafts on the pyramid. That um, there are shafts on each of the four faces, and the shaft is angled toward the sky because they could actually project. If you if you project uh, beams of uh, negative electrons through the shafts, uh, you start uh, making cloud cover. And and she describes that in the book when they would they would irrigate the specific areas depending on which part of the of the pyramid they would activate. In fact, she even goes on to describe that, for example, there was no physical door to enter the pyramid because it actually had a force field. And the and the the curious thing is that the force field was actually a form of like she describes it a frozen fear. It was. It, it was not physical, you, it was invisible because it was a force field, but you couldn't go through. It was like 
it was a concentrated type of fear. So you couldn't go through the opening unless somebody opened the, the thing for you. So that that's of, of all the books I've written, I've, I've written of all the books I've read about uh, the Grand Pyramid. I mean, that's the most useful book because it, the way she describes it, she was actually there. So and what's that, the that title? Was, Do you remember the title? Yes, the book is called Initiation, and it's it's written by Elizabeth Heish. She was a reincarnated in, in Germany, and she escaped during the Second World War. Okay. Thank you. That's interesting. Um, yeah, and the reason I bought it is because of Dr. Costa. He's the one, uh, somebody asked him a question about uh, something about the Great Pyramids, and he says, well, I suggest you guys read that. You'll get a lot more information, and, I, I, and like always, he says something like that, and says nothing else <laughs> and I, so you have to go digging to find out what what is he talking about why is he saying that and, and well he was right <laughs> well the pyramid is so fascinating from so many ways there was a I, i've got to search and see if i've still got that book it was a book on the pyramids that was written by a guy Smith, I think. He's a British uh, archaeologist, the Egyptianologist that did a lot of research into the guts of the pyramid. That book was like, oh my God, is this true? He believed that the grand, um, oh, what do they call it? Uh, oh, corridor. The the one the the one that goes right up through the middle of it type of thing and all of the ways the passageways to this that there were certain things on the walls that indicated certain histories of of the planet and it was darn accurate you know i mean if if he was on he seemed to be on to something i don't remember this was probably 25 years ago that i read this book and but now they've got the ability to look through areas of the pyramid that they haven't ac got access to and they found another chamber some french guys did with like uh, x-ray type of stuff you know i don't know if it's lidar or if it was i think it was was it the, the guys with the the little probes that went into well, those shafts no, initially they did it with looking through, you know, like I say, with LIDAR or X-ray. I don't remember at that time. I didn't know what LIDAR was. But they had some kind of equipment that electromagnetically could see that there was a void in this room. And they, I, I think they asked for permission to do that, Walt. But I'm not sure they got it in this particular area. They have used that technology in different parts of the of the pyramid uh, to look in to see what's there, um, but especially in the queens from the queen's chamber and those supposed air vents that yeah. seem more <laughs> they're part of the machinery because it's a machine, yeah. um, an enterology machine, <laughs> you know, it works with energy, uh, but the the even more fascinating than, than what was inside the pyramid is, do you remember we did a show on this woman and I think her name is Carb, Carmen 
Bolton, as I remember. Um, and Mark got Mark and I got talking about it in a recorded session yesterday that we're doing for Radio 5G. But I think it was after the fact. I don't even think that's on the tape. But for some reason, we, we brought up her name and he looked her up. Now, she was a archaeologist working in Egypt who knew about the new satellite capabilities of being able to look, you know, hundreds of feet down into the earth to be able to see if you've got a void down there or more importantly, if you've got silver or gold or, you know, it's it's just an amazing, you know, technology. And she found out about it and she somehow or another got them to fly over Giza and, you know, as they were flying over Giza to take a look at the pyramids and to do a scan. And what they found is there's, there's, I think it's like five different areas that are like rooms the size of uh, big airplane hangars type of things. And a lot of gold and silver coming back. So we did a show on this and at that time, she had applied to the Egyptian archaeological, you know, whatevers, and she had applied for that. Um, but when Mark looked her up, she died. Wow. Like a couple of years ago. Uh, and all he, all he said to me was, whoa, I just looked her up and she's, she, she passed away. But, oh, wait a minute, under strange circumstances. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And then... You know, I went on with my day and forgot all about it until you started talking about the pyramids. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, but she was very famous. She was talking about the pyramids. And, you know, then she got into this. And um, so you you just, you know, if, if, if I was to drop dead, everybody thinks somebody killed me. I can't even die of natural causes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no matter what the coroner said, you know. Nobody would believe it. No, they must have taken her out. You know, <laughs> uh, you know another guy that you, you wonder how the hell has he lived so long is uh, Ike, David Ike. Oh. You know, I think about him because you're talking about his book. I tried to read his books and I couldn't do it. This guy never stops. He has paragraphs that are two pages long. Oh, my God. He was so yeah, the, hard to read. Rick, the the one who lent me the book, he says I can't read it. I just it, it, it's more the the more that I read it, the more depressing it is. And so what I did is I, <laughs> the more commonsensical thing is I started uh, you know skimming ahead for feeling the you know you know the, what the chapters is like. And I said to him, well, you missed it because the meat of the book is the very last chapter. Because the very last chapter is what gives you hope. It's the the thing that he tells you why things have to change and how it's going to change and what's going to happen. Which so it the book ends in a very very positive note, because he he talks, for example, how these beings that are under control are in the lower fifth uh, dimension, and they are the ones that have been controlling everything. And so on, and you know, and it tells you how to overcome all that. So at least, despite all the negative things that you have read in the book about reality, about how how many negative elements are in this reality, uh, 
it leaves you in a very positive note how everything is going to change and how it's people that are behind the change because obviously you can't wait for them to change this they're perfect the way they are so they don't need to change <laughs> his talks but, uh, yeah. david ike stocks are are the same they're structured the same he always ends with something positive mm -hmm. and uh even the um the brian rose interviews that he did i think uh, a year ago or when the covid started he made a series of five or six interviews on uh, brian rose website london london reel and they had tremendous uh, crowds at the streaming and YouTube cut them off. So they had to go independent, which they did. Uh, that Brian Rose did the uh, independent thing. And uh, yeah, David Icke had like all these crazy information about the COVID thing, but he always ended with positive, uh, positive notes. So yeah. even though it's kind of heavy, you have hope at the end. And Nancy says uh, she's she wonders how they haven't taken him out. What? He's not so safe because he's always fighting with some health issue. So obviously they must be targeting him all constantly. Well, about David Icke? Yeah. Uh, because I, I I used to belong to uh, a, a group that did uh, the gifting of organ. They were, uh, they were started, the, this whole gifting organ movement started by Don Croft, who I, I learned from Nancy. Uh, the guy had passed away, and and it turns out that one uh, he was posting messages of, from people all over, all over the world where they were gifting organ. So at at one point he was posting a message of someone who has has been gifting organ in England, and he had had a chance to uh, spread organ in the property that belongs to David Icke. And he was saying about uh, I, David's, uh, you know, health issues. And then years later, you know, there was some somebody else reporting some other health issues. So I'm, I'm thinking, but this poor guy is being targeted left and right. It must be from the health things that, that I hear about him. Well, interestingly enough, a while back, David Icke actually bought a pendant of Shungite for me. Are you serious? Mm. Uh, oh, I'm yeah, I'm serious. He ordered it through the uh, through the store, and I'm looking at the name, <laughs> David Hike, the Isle of Man. White W I G H T. Isle of Man. Yeah. What, Nick? I'm confused. Sorry. No, go ahead. David Hike, and the address was the Isle of Man. Man, would you just say? to me and, and so i looked it up and yes that's where david ike lives so i took the opportunity to not just send him the pendant that he paid for but i stock stacked the you know the the box full of i think i even put in uh my cosmic reality book at the time but i put in nuggets and uh you know anything we had at the time which was wasn't much it was very early in the game so I send it off to him. And then now, because he's done this, I'm interested in him. So I start doing a little research, and I find out that he's retired because of the arthritis in his hands and the pain that he was in. And, you know, you could see his hands were, like, crippled. I, I started watching some videos, and I'm going, like, oh, yeah, he's having a lot of problems. 
And so he had retired from, you know, being in the spotlight. So then um, I don't know how long went by because it could have been months or but I think it was like a year or maybe more than that. Later, uh, he's back on the circuit and I'm going like, huh, I wonder if that Shungite didn't give him a it leveled the playing field for him. Hey, well done. Well, well done. <laughs> whatever he did, he must, he, he has to be protected. I mean, he's been doing it for 30 years, you know, despite the uh, arthritis and, and whatever interference they, they tried to throw at him. He, he's still going at it. So I'm sure he's well protected. Well, yeah, he was guided to Shungite, wasn't he? Indeed. You know, he, he did that on his own. So, you know, however, however people get to the Shanghai, once you get to the Shanghai, you know you're on the playing team that's going to win. <laughs> that's my attitude. That's why one of the reasons that, that, you know, I've started this campaign to get more people to buy the Shanghai, because the Shanghai sales has fallen off on the Internet. And I said, nah, this isn't right. You know, and I realized, well, maybe it's because it, it's difficult to navigate a store that, that's got so many options. So I'll make it simple for you. Here, buy this stuff. And then, and then you know, I give them links to the rest of the Shungite in the stores, the gifts and the jewelry and all that other stuff. So, you know, because I, I do, I feel like, no, we need to, we need to make another push to get, the Shungite out there to more people. And then and then Yasmin told us, you know, that a lot of people didn't know about it. And I thought, oh, well, this is synchronistic. Yes, you, you're doing the right thing. Push the Shungite. Buy Shungite. <laughs> uh, I, for some reason, I just I just flashed to uh, the History Channel is doing this. Um, the foods of America or something, you know, and they go back into time and talk about the Twinkie, you know, and all of the different things. It's it's a really interesting uh, series, I guess, because they go into all different types of food and hamburgers and, oh, well, they were doing one on bread. And you know that phrase, you know, since sliced bread, you know, since sliced bread. And it's one of those things you kind of grow up on, but I didn't realize the impact that sliced bread had on the world because people were, people would get this loaf of bread and then they have to cut it. And I've done it. I mean, you, you squeeze the thing, the, the everything, it just, it's terrible to try to cut bread. Well, when they went to, they realized this, that, that, you know, that, that they had to make it easier for people. And so they decide to slice the bread, but they didn't have any way of doing it. And unfortunately, something happened when they went through the section on what they did. But somehow or another, they were able to figure out how to slice bread, which at the time technologically seemed impossible. And for some reason, I all of a sudden remembered that. And it's like human beings are are so special because they can they can see a need and then manipulate reality to create it. 
I've told you the stories about telling Walt, no, we got to find we got to find a way of going from hard equipment outside of the computer. There's got to be a computer program that will run an entire radio station. And everybody in the business said, no, I was crazy. But we found it. And we found it not necessarily because it was there, even though supposedly it was there for 10 years. But maybe we met, we actually created it with the, the need for it, the want for it. And the universe makes a backstory, a timeline. I think that sometimes timelines, you know, they start in the middle of a timeline. It's like timelines break off. They start their own. It's just, I'm, I'm like, the universe is so interesting and so creative. In its, in its potentiality. And we as human beings, we're pretty damn good at manipulating that energy. And that's what the dark side, you know, is afraid of. We don't have to be controlled. You know, we control the creative juices of our creator said, hey, yeah, I'm going to do I'm going to create you and you're going to be able to create all sorts of things. And they've hidden it from us. That's just my spiel. Anybody else want? Well, no. They they convinced that they convinced us so well that we are not important. Because again, I I'm going to repeat myself from what I said the other day. This obsession that you have with celebrities, everyone is, wants to be a celebrity. Everyone everyone wants to be that ten minutes of fame. When you think about it, it's neither wrong nor unnatural. Because if our fingerprints are unique to ourselves, no two people have shared the same fingerprints. Well, the same goes for all, for the rest of us, for whatever makes us, whatever makes us us. We are all unique. We are all special. We all have significance. But you go through life that you don't mean anything to anybody. You don't matter. You know, it's a joke that they come up with that byline, oh, Black Lives Matter. Who came up with this bullshit? <laughs> uh, social engineers. Social engineers. Uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Because everybody deserves to be considered special because everybody is unique. School wants to standardize everything. You know, your church, your school, you know, anything that's organized wants to make everybody into one thing. It's just like uh, Wilhelm Reich, you know, again, Wilhelm Reich, the gentleman who coined the term Oregon, he said, if you want to kill the spirit of anything, organize it. And absolutely true. If you organize religion, is religion free to express itself? No. I've seen that. I, that's why I stopped attending the, the, the meditations at the SRF uh, Meditation Center, because if people started manifesting energy, any specific energies, like when you do the sideways swinging, they would get their attention called, oh, you shouldn't be doing this because people are meditating. Well, what they are doing is part of meditation. That swinging back and forth, Dr. Costa explained it. It's it's called a, it's a kind of meditation. He called it inner pulse meditation, which allows you to get in tune with the frequency of the planet. But I guess people don't like seeing it. Somebody swinging in their chair like a like a pendulum uh, that's sitting up straight. So that lack of freedom that tells you, okay, the spirit here is dead. 
because everybody has to conform to a specific way of doing things. And that's exactly what Wilhelm Reich says. If you want to kill the spirit of anything, organize it. And that's why that's why people feel so inferior and so insignificant and you want to be a celebrity and you want to be considered, oh, he's the best singer or the be whatever, you know, the best musician, the best painter, the best the best something so that I I want to exist. I have a right to exist. Well, they're looking for the planet. They're looking for yeah. meaning. You know, and I'm that's looking in the wrong places. <laughs> and well, the group, they're looking for meaning, a purpose for going forward. And that's what's, what they took away from us at every level. Yeah. Every human being, look at it. God has seven billion. They and God, whatever God it is, however you think of God, chose you to be born. You're a part of the matrix of this third dimensional reality. You are not a statistic. You're you not are a not a statistic. Every thought you have is recorded. Everything you do is recorded. Every kindness that you give out to somebody is recorded. That's why I've said from not the beginning, I didn't understand why I was being led. I, I left the largest audience of internet radio to come and create cosmic reality. I was offered a chance to be the radio station for Simon Parks. I said, no. And I said, Simon, look at your, your audience is a different audience than the one I want to attract. I want people that, I didn't say to him what my audience was, but he understood it. You know, we parted friends. And it, it's this concept that the subconscious of humanity is where you have to make the, the changes. And it really came about from looking at the situation and saying, you know, God, I've been walking this walk for a long time and it keeps getting darker and worse. And I don't see a way to win. And that's when I got this, you know, download of you're doing it wrong. You're, you're, you're trying to confront, you know, the only way to win a battle against an enemy that is as fortified as this one is to go in the back door. And in humanity, the back door is your subconscious. And every thought that every human being is recorded in this subconscious matrix of just conscious thought. And so if we keep talking and we keep putting thought out there, we are affecting the super consciousness of humanity. And it's in that way that we can open up their awareness to who they are. You have got to be you got to talk to yourself. You got to make yourself your own best friend. And realize that we are a special group of people that need to come to grips with who we are. Don't let anybody tell you you're not important. You know, you are. We all are. And stand into that. You know, imagine God and say, "Okay, God has sent me here." to do a mission, and that would probably be to represent the God force. And if I want that God force to be 
forceful and successful, then I better act like that. And let the, your, your own uniqueness just come through and your own powers, just because you are who you are, come through. And don't let anybody or make you think that, you know, you're not in charge of your own beingness. That's where the uh, the social engineering came in, trying to um, keep people away from expressing who they really are. And they were thought that they have to compete against each other. Instead of being who you are, you have kind of like to be someone else fighting against each other. Um, it's like a distraction so that you don't focus on yourself and do the things that you are good at. And that's something I realized uh, not too long ago that the, the new world that we're envisioning is probably going to be a world where everybody listens to who they are and they're going to contribute what they have uh, to bring, you know, what they're good at instead of competing against each other. And I feel intuitively called to do things right now, things that I'm good at and and just trust the universe that, that the, the, everything, the resources are going to come to me and everything is going to be provided so that I can express those things uh, that I truly am. I'm pretty sure you guys must have experienced that as well, that you feel called to do things um, that you really are. Like, Nancy, your mission to bring Shanghai to the masses is a, is a good example. I mean, you don't do this to compete with anyone. You do this because that's your mission. That's who you are. Get the word out. Keep talking. Make the changes just by being. <laughs> It's kind of an easy job, you know, <laughs> to anybody. You know, if you got and no and what you mentioned, there, talk to yourself. We got two minutes. Just so. okay. Finish your what thought. you mentioned the uh, the uh, the collective consciousness. You know, when we do something positive, there's a big positive impact that we might not see, but Uh, like you said, the uh, when you get an aha moment, the uh, the positive energy that you 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 emit um, has a positive impact on a lot of people. That's things that we need to people need to know. Yes, exactly, Dolly. Not I the little you're... and insignificant, powerless beings that the system tells us uh, in school and and everywhere. You know, a little powerless. If we are so insignificant, why is the system so focused on on control, <clears throat> controlling us? Right? Right, right. Dolly, we, I don't think you've said a word in the second hour. Are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. All right. Thank you for being here. And uh, do you want to say goodnight to peoples? Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spreading the word because... I'm being told that people are starting to spread the word again about us, Cosmic Reality Radio. So continue doing that. Don't forget the love blankets, sending love blankets and whatever else is needed in them. I always say, please, God, send, let me send love blankets uh, with things that everyone, every individual needs to be put in it and wrapped around them. And please, God, send it to everybody 
even the baddest of the bad. Thank you, God, because I know that the baddest of the the bad people can't take love. <laughs> okay, we've got to go. Good night, people. Good night, everybody. Thank you all for being here, and we'll see you next time. Be safe. Teaching, preaching, the unknown, unknown, unknown. You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart.